Hi, my name is Cody Balfour and I am the director of Family Life at Koinonia. And what I want to do for you today is uh, I want to take us through two sections of Jesus's Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5. And, and to kind of give you the context, the Sermon on the Mount is Jesus's teaching on the kingdom of God. If you kind of could even summarize the entire book of Matthew it would be about Jesus bringing the kingdom of God. But it's not so much Jesus saying how we get into the kingdom, but actually Jesus is telling us this is what the kingdom of God is is like that if you wanted to live in God's kingdom this is what it would look like and so as we think about anger and lust in Matthew chapter 5 according to Jesus we're gonna see okay this is what the kingdom of God looks like our passage is Matthew chapter 5 verses 21 through 30 and the first thing Jesus talks about is anger so the question we have to ask ourselves is where does anger come from anger most often comes from a lack of control. Much of sinful anger that we experience is when things don't go our way or when someone doesn't do what we want them to do. And so anger is often about control. And so when we're not in control, we get angry. So the first question is, where does it come from? But the second question is, why is it wrong? Why is anger wrong? Or why is Jesus trying to get us to move past anger is the better question. Jesus wants us to move past anger long-term because it prevents reconciliation and togetherness, according to this passage. Instead of being consumed with anger, Jesus says three things. He says, don't be angry with your brother, but he says instead, number one, first go and be reconciled to them. Number two, settle matters quickly with your adversary. And number three, do it while you're together. So all these phrases contain the theme of reconciliation and togetherness. And so togetherness is one of the core elements of who God is. The Bible tells us that God is one, but he's also three, uh, the triune God. And, and, and so the three members of the Trinity come together. And so the goal of eschatology, right, the, the end things, that place that God is trying to take us to is togetherness. Jesus isn't trying to shame those who struggle with anger. He's trying to show you what comes after anger, right? Because the Bible says there's a righteous anger, but even the Bible tells us that God is slow to anger and that God is not always anger with his people. That in a way, through the gospel, he moves past his anger into togetherness and reconciliation. And so this is God's whole goal. If you read Ephesians chapter one, one of the things Paul says, is he says, the point of the cross is that God would unite everything in heaven and on earth, that those things would come together. And so Jesus says, go be reconciled with your brother, do it while you're still together, and settle matters quickly with your adversary. And so Jesus' point in this passage is that reconciliation is better than anger. That's what it looks like to live in God's kingdom. But then he talks about lust. So the question we have to ask ourselves again is where does lust come from? Lust comes from a desire for control. Remember, anger comes from a lack of control, a frustration when things don't go our way. Lust is a desire to control. Lust is about getting what you want from someone even without having to love or serve that person. It's about control. It's about sexual pleasure and desire on your terms and on your time without the consideration of another person. So now that we know where it comes from, we have to ask ourselves again, why is it wrong? Lust is wrong because it's a failure and refusal to love your neighbor as yourself. You and I would not like if someone were to objectify us. That's basically what lust is. It is turning someone who is made in the image of God into an object. Lust takes someone who is made in God's image and seeks to reduce them, to objectify them. And lust is inherently selfish. Lust always asks, what can you do for me? How can you serve me? But it never asks, how can I serve you? It never asks, what can I do for you? And so if someone sought to purely objectify and use us instead of showing care and interest in who we are, we wouldn't like that. It's not what it means to love our neighbors ourselves. And so lust is very much about objectification, turning someone to an object. Another kind of interesting thing in this passage is Jesus specifically is talking to men in this passage. 
in a way he doesn't do in some of the other things he says in the Sermon on the Mount. He does not address women. Even though this passage applies to women, he addresses men's lust for women. He says, if a man looks upon a woman with lust. He's very specific. The reason he does that is because that was a common acceptance in the Jewish world. It was common acceptance for a Jewish man to say, okay, I'm not being unfaithful. I'm not committing infidelity, but I'm going to look at this woman. I'm going to objectify her and I'm going to be okay. But they would never tolerate that with women. And so Jesus is addressing the kind of hypocrisy that not only we see in the Jewish world, but that we see today. That there is actually a double standard. That we live in a world where it's okay for men to lust, but it's not okay for women to lust. And Jesus is trying to shut that down across the board. And then here's another question. How do you fight lust? And I would argue, and I think Jesus would argue, that we fight lust with sacrifice. Lust tells us to take while Jesus tells us to sacrifice. If you look in verse 29, Jesus says, If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body be thrown into hell. It's interesting that Jesus' tactic to fight lustful consumption is to give something up, to sacrifice. We live in a society that prioritizes consumption. But the kingdom of God prioritizes sacrifice. Jesus is saying sacrifice is better than lust. And so if you want to gain victory over lust, what you have to do is you have to cultivate a lifestyle of sacrifice, a lifestyle that serves others and gives things up for them, a lifestyle that focuses more on giving something up than consuming something. And so now kind of at the end, you may be asking, you know, well, what is it like to be in God's kingdom? Right. That's what the Sermon on the Mount is about. Well, according to Jesus, being in God's kingdom means realizing, partly, reconciliation is better than anger and sacrifice is better than lust. That's what it looks like to live in God's kingdom.